Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. everybody and uh welcome to the filmreview.com podcast i'm still not used to that which is uh it's sort of official theoretically the story is right. that it's uh it's gonna uh, everything's gonna work that's the story yeah. that we have um when you're in that's iTunes, a good story when you're in itunes now everything should work the name is like completely changed right. and <laughs> the story that i'm getting uh <laughs> yeah is that as soon as the feed has a new show to work with, then iTunes that makes sense. will adjust right. things. But okay. until because that's you a know, good story, you can change things where you're starting. But, yeah, right. You know, until iTunes gets the, the new information info or whatever to replace the, the tags the and all the stuff. And, and yeah, does it change at all? Like, do they all become different going all the way back to our first Hunger Games? Yes. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just all the feed. Yeah, so nice. it's just whatever the feed is. Cool. And uh, theoretically, as I understand how this happens through iTunes, is uh, as soon as somebody tries to listen to the show again, it's it'll give them like a prompt or something. Oh, that's cool. Because it will it will come up if you're listening to it like in the podcast app, whatever. Yep. A little thing will come up and say, "I gotta check this out." Uh, well, it won't work now. It well, hasn't been uh, uploaded, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it will give them a little thing just in case, you know, somebody suckers you into a podcast and then they <laughs> right. change the podcast to uh, that would be funny. something X-rated or whatever. Yeah. And you think you're listening to your Bible study podcast. Right. <laughs> That's a good and trick. people can't just suddenly yeah. switch it on. That's anyway, uh, so uh, the filmreview.com podcast. I am your host, uh, filmreview.com. This has gotten a lot longer. Critic and uh EFCA member Mark Eastman, and with me as always is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week uh, we're doing Terminator Genesis. Yeah. And uh, with the new switch over to FilmReview.com, we're gonna mix things up a little bit, um, and we're gonna do some news uh, every week. And uh, we, do just, that. Just, we do that anyway. Just throw out, yeah, we do it anyway, but you know, not officially. Not officially, right? right. We officially do whatever we want, but and, now uh, we're. You know, there's a there's something I kind yeah. of been meaning to start doing. Yeah. Uh, on the show, and it, you know, I just it just never felt like here's the time or whatever. So I thought, you know, if we have a big switch here, might as well start doing it now. It's not necessarily going to be every week. It probably won't be every week because right. just that's the way the universe works. But um, maybe it will be, or I, I don't know. Whenever when, when we run into it, and what it is is uh, we're going to start a, a short little bit of the show that's going to be critic takedown. Oh, where uh, and I and this is a good thing because we get a lot of emails that um, <laughs> we can't really do anything else with. Yeah. Except use them as uh, another critic's review to look at. 
kind of thing because uh, we get a weird amount of of emails, and maybe everyone with a film podcast gets these emails. I hope it's just us. <laughs> and and I just wouldn't know, right? right? right. But um, we get a lot of emails where uh, people say, you know, oh yeah, look at this review. Or, oh right, yeah, or, right. Okay, uh, you know, whatever. Sure. I mean, you guys um, hated this. Well, this guy loved it, and he's right. smarter. Right, exactly. Right, right. okay. He, he has like a jaw. I thought everything. it was like I thought it was yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like when we you know used to take down Ebert. You know, when we would just be it, like, this guy's review is crap. It, like, it kind of is. The, we were good at that. Let's do that. <laughs> it kind of we is. can do a lot of that. Uh, and uh, so we're going to do that after the review, though. That's oh, I, I, I don't know because right. why? Because we might well, do that forever, and then there'd be nothing. I was just going to say that will at least get us right. to wrap up because we could go. Yeah, right. Exactly. So um, <laughs> we that, might never get to the review. Terminate. That's actually, you know, whoever thought of this knows us because that's true. Yeah, it, it and uh, and this week's this week's movie. Right. So be sure to stick around to when we do this. Uh, the critic takedown. The critic takedown movie is hot pursuit. Oh. So so you're gonna want to okay. uh, stick around for that. So yeah. Now we keep the listeners around. Right. We suckered them in. Well, you, you kept me here now too. Teeth. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I'm, know, I'm not going anywhere. I know you were looking at your watch I, already. Yeah. I can't. I can't believe it. Uh, I, you know, there is some news that I I want to throw out at people. Just you know. Why not? Because people want to know the news. Sure. And, uh, and some weeks there's interesting news, and some, some weeks, weeks we got to hunt. <laughs> yeah. Some weeks there's not. But you know, one interesting thing uh, already this week that's kind of now, yeah, right? like right now, is uh, Inside Out is kicking Magic Mike and the Terminator. Isn't that aw- Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's so bizarre. I thought Magic Mike was going to crush. So lie. So not lie. because I think it's good <laughs> but it doesn't have to be good it's got but, the dialed in audience right and but you know what you know what i thought it was is magic mike has this uh specific demographic obviously mm-hmm. right but it's demographic that is going to you know save that money for that weekend right and and make sure they go mm-hmm. and i don't know what it is i don't know it, it's not you know doing awful it's not like no, it's not it's gonna not make its money or right, whatever right but it's weird i thought that was gonna be a lot bigger I did and too. uh that inside out on its second week is yeah. still beating both of them uh, yeah and right. you know the terminator i can understand more because there are like the diehard terminator fans yeah <laughs> and there are the people who are going to see it no matter what but i don't know that terminator at this point like sucks in too many new people no i don't know it's got no. the it hasn't done anything recently enough or right. sold this movie well enough, I right. think, right. to go, look, all you new people who are not Terminator fans right. or, what you're missing. or who thought yeah. maybe the last sequel was not good, right. come to this one anyway right. or you know, whatever. Right. I don't know yeah. that it's done that. So that's right. not that surprising. Um, other news in uh, like the movie world, Paul Thomas Anderson is uh, now on board writing – Pinocchio, right? The Pinocchio movie that uh, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. is going to be in, and you know the internet kind of went nuts on that idea. Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, I mean, no, it is a it, I, I, it, it's a weird thing anyway. I don't, it, you know, this is somehow Robert Downey Jr.'s like thing. He like wants to be Geppetto really is, bad. Yeah, and it, this has been around for a long time. The idea has been floating around with him involved in it. Yeah. Right? And then people are saying, you know, if Paul Thomas Anderson is going to write it, he's right. probably going to direct, direct it. it. Right. And that's like, what does that mean? I don't know. What does, I get what so does nervous Pinocchio now. by Paul Thomas Anderson mean? <laughs> 
yeah. but that could be anything. Well, that's like when you see these funny like mashups on the internet where it's like Wes Anderson's X Men, right? Right. You know, I, and, and I'm just and like, they, and they play around. Or with Mel Brooks, The it, Shining. You know, and crazy. I'm like, right, exactly. I want to see that film, right. but I don't want to see it. You know, <laughs> but I, I get so nervous. Exist. You and I are so gun shy, or at least me, over the last three years scene and and strangely enough it seems like it's always Johnny Depp but all these pet projects where he wants to do the Lone Ranger or he wants to right. do like Dark Shadows and, and I mean I love Robert Downey Jr. and I don't think the guy's been bad in anything even that forgettable you know film where he was the lawyer's son yeah, I, the judge yeah I don't even he know was good in it. he was oh, good in it I mean, he was that's why yeah. I'm saying like he's even good in films that aren't necessarily Iron Man worthy box office wise but but when you start doing pet projects, and then it's like, I want to be Geppetto. So, and I'm just right. like, you're just screwing with me. Right. You are. Like, good going, but I'm nervous. You know? And, you know, it's it's uh, it's an odd thing, too. I yeah. mean, that to be, like, so wrapped around Pinocchio. You know? Right. I mean, it's, right. I don't know. Like, Maybe it's it, the first thing like, you ever like saw. When the thing you know, that you really want to do is, like, gangs in New York, and you can't get right. the money together, and you have this huge vision and you know i didn't like it anyway but i know that's so weird but that would have been a good but film. i can understand it yeah i can understand right. somebody going look i want to tell this like huge Elaborate wild story from, and whatever yeah. anyway but yeah. uh pinocchio anyway so much um in uh very recent terminator news since we're doing terminator genesis uh in case you were wondering about sequels right and whether or not there will be sequels and yeah. whether or not uh you know <laughs> like Ming the Merciless grabbing the ring. That's my uh, example of right, that right. for all time, and it always will be. Yeah. It's, uh, it's minging the movie. Right. Is when you Look at you more, trying to create a meme. When you have the little thing at yeah. the end. Yeah. Um, but J.K. Simmons has signed on for uh, more sequels right. already. So he, this was, he's attached. He's got right. a contract in place. Yep. More movies are coming. Yeah. Maybe. There's supposed to be one in 2016 and 2017. And Schwarzenegger is the only one who nobody knows if he's he was doing this one, right? But I guess he's waiting to see. I don't know. He yeah. can do whatever he wants. It but. was kind of weird because he was so good and so bad in the movie. But yeah. there were there were times when I was like, "Shut up, that's awesome." Right. He was he was right. really good. Look at it. There's a little hint of our review. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if you'll get well, the information. It sounds out of like that, that sounds but, like an uh, eight on your side. Uh, okay. More news. Ava DuVernay, uh, who yeah. just directed Selma, is not directing uh, Black Panther. There have been right. rumors for a while that she was in talks with Marvel to do this. And you know, I don't know about the rest of the world. I say thank God. I don't want her directing Black Panther. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I feel like she's like weirdly got a giant head over Selma. And, Maybe, yeah. And it's not like she's got, I mean, it's not like that's the first thing she ever directed. Right. She's directed other things, but she's never directed anything that anybody paid any attention the to. Yeah, the un, machine film. Selma, right. Right. And, right. And I don't know. Now she yeah. thinks that she's super awesome. Yeah. And not only that, but, you know, quite frankly, the movie wasn't that great. Yeah, the movie was like okay. It was fine, but you know, yeah. I got to tell you, the movie was for me a lot like shit I watched in school in high school. I mean, right. it was it right. was very much made right. for this whole historical thing, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like Twelve Years a Slave, where it was like also an awesome movie, right? Or I remember how blown away we were by that because we're like, that's the we know the story backwards and forwards, right. and yet still they managed to make it anyway. Feel so, good, so yeah, we'll get a bunch of email about right what racist assholes we are or whatever sure um okay other news <laughs> i love how i you or whatever yeah <laughs> well it's, it's gonna happen anyway. it is uh as soon as you rate the movie not that mm -hmm. high or, or racist, people start firing up their email right. 
Uh, okay, Mother's Day. So now yeah. we've got Julia Roberts, Jennifer Aniston. I think Jason Sudeikis is in it. Um, a lot of people who can't carry a film. And you know there are 8 million people right. in it. Uh, yeah. There's actually a, a huge list. Yeah. You can go find all the people who are in it because like everyone. Right. You know, like Valentine's Day and uh, Love Actually. And yeah. all, they're all the same. They all have like a million people in it. And uh, so the next one, that's our that's our next Gary Marshall uh, holiday themed yeah. super film yeah. is uh, going to be Mother's Day, and uh, mainly you have to think anyway Julie Roberts, right? Um, although his movies tend not to necessarily mainly have anyone in a real serious way. Right. Um, Ashton Kutcher was mainly the guy in uh, Valentine's Day, but, right? But he, but still, it's all kinds of everyone else right but you know i just don't know about this gimmick man yeah i mean you know i I don't love love actually my wife loves love actually but i i like it okay yeah and there are lots of parts in it that are really good i think it's it's a little cheesy but it's you know something has to be a little cheesy right not everything has to be you know citizen kane or whatever it's pretty good yeah and it's like with each next one it's just you know, how much more screen time can we get to a bigger and bigger group of celebrities? Right. And everybody's just, I feel like everybody's running all the time because we have so much stuff we want to yeah. say and do. And in the end, I just, they're just kind of meh. Yeah. You know, I mean, Valentine's Day even had some parts that I thought were pretty good. And I don't even really like Ashton Kutcher. Right, but right. But I don't know. Can we just keep? Is Arbor Day coming? Sure. Just go on and on. Right. I, right. And then you know Mother's Day. I feel like is a, a cheat almost because it's, it's the we, hallmark because, equivalent because, of a movie. Right. You know, because, it's a pandering yeah. attempt to try to get you to take you know all this film and just right. It's like when you see uh, Lifetime movies. Um, you know, by the way, there's some more news. Lifetime movies app is out. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Lifetime movies is. Uh, it's like when you see one of those and the description of it is just, you know, a woman loses her son and somebody shoots her dog and then, right. you know, she falls in a well and now right. she has to get out. And it's like on and on all right. these things. And then, you know, Mother's Day, I, you know, I fear for Mother's Day it, in the sense that like they're going to make some crazy crap happen and yeah. then it's going to backfire. I, I fear for Mother's Day very selfishly that there'll be no competing film opening against it and we'll have to see it. <laughs> that's, that's my fear. Cause I, I don't want we'll to see it anyway. I, I'll yeah. have to see it. Anyway. Yeah. You know, I know. That, anyway, we'll start making you go to, have you got any good news? Uh, it's all good news. What? All news is good no news. No Black Panther, no, you know. Well, Black Panther's still happening. No. Nah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't even think that's good probably news. Gonna be that's bad. not even good news to me. But anyway. No, not necessarily. All but right. uh, but Marvel has uh, the rights to something. Yeah. And they're going to run a it. movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would love uh, a segment just you called know, Bad I, News. I was, just, I was just talking about this the whole Marvel thing where, uh, you know, they're going to kind of reboot X-Men before long. Yeah. And, oh, you know, yeah, we're yeah. on a jillion reboots of Spider-Man and there's all these right. weird movies like watching the whole thing and how they're testing what is they are allowed to do. Right. Bootable. Like yeah. Iron Man even was like a test, right? Yeah. Because he's not Superman or Batman or, or right. somebody that necessarily everybody knows everything about. Right. And that was kind of a test. And then they were like, ah, see, we can just make more movies about people. Nobody knows. Nobody anybody. knows. Right. 
And then they were like, okay, let's do Guardians of the Galaxy. And then they were like, the big, this is really the test. Yeah. Because even comic book fans don't know who right. Guardians That was the dissertation right there. That's the big, big that thing. Was and then it made tons of money and everyone right. loved it. And then they're just like, here we go. Right. <laughs> now, now, now you just see the Sidekicks are going to yeah. have movies. Well, we're looking at Ant-Man. I mean, I, I don't – I mean – Ant-Man was a foregone conclusion. Before yeah, it was. Guardians I know. Of the Galaxy I know. Anyway, though. And, uh, and uh, James Gunn says – the third best yeah. Marvel movie ever. And I, <laughs> I call bullshit. On yeah. That. I, right. I can't wait to see him in person. And right. Anyway, maybe I should see the movie first, but, uh, okay. Nah. Other news. Uh, no, more bad news actually. Yeah. See um, the bad news, uh, but weird news because okay. Andrew Nichol is, uh, writing Monopoly. Mon- oh, I didn't hear Monopoly, that. The movie Andrew Nichol. And it's weird yeah. because Andrew Nichol is a very odd writer for movies for me because yeah. there aren't a lot of people who write stuff that I think is really awesome right. and stuff that I think is really horrible and stuff that's very in between. Right. Usually you either write all stuff I love yeah. and maybe, maybe you do one thing that I don't love that much Yeah. or you do st- all stuff that I hate or whatever. But he, you know, he did Gattaca, which I actually thought was it's very awesome. cool and, awesome. and underrated Terribly and underrated. overlooked. Right. And the Truman show, which is great. Which is great. Very subtle and still But then very great. he also did The Terminal, yeah. which I, I don't like that that exists even. Really? That's how strong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people hated that. Um, and that weird Simone movie with the... I skipped that one. The one I just, where it's, you know, she comes to... It's a hologram. Yeah. And I, you know, whatever. And yeah. uh, In Time, that uh, Justin Timberlake, yep. uh, Olivia Wilde. And, yeah. You know, it's this weird spin on like Logan's Run right. or whatever, where new, you, only, yeah. you only live so long. Which yeah. that wasn't terrible. No. That was just kind of meh. You know, yeah. that was just kind of average. But I don't want to watch it again. Right. Kind right. of a movie. Yeah. But he's got like the whole range. Yeah. Of where I put his movies, and then he's doing Monopoly. Monopoly, the movie, the movie based on the board game. Yeah. And now, either this is going to be the dumbest movie ever. Right. Or it's not actually going to have anything to do with Monopoly at all. Right. Or both. <laughs> I could see him telling a story about somebody who starts in the slums, you know, Mediterranean Ave or Baltic Ave, and then accrues like a tr- Donald Trump kind of fortune. But and it's not really but got it's to not do about, with the game. Well, it, you know what he'll do? He'll have the car. He'll have the little dog. His mother will have a thimble. He'll, have, he'll, he'll have push his stuff in a wheelbarrow. He'll have a silver car that he yeah. drives around. Right. In the midst of regular real cars. I really hope. And that nobody notices that it's weird. That it would just be really gutsy if it was just like the filming of a Monopoly game. Right. Just some family who's volatile it and It would testy. be cool if they, they put like a, <laughs> you know, like a, a poker spin on it. You know, right. like gambling Monopoly. Right. This guy who, you know. Let's do that. Let's just make that one anyway. <laughs> this guy who becomes a Monopoly pro. We're literally... <laughs> We literally see Andrew Nichols, you know, summation. We we're gonna up it. We're gonna go right for it. Yeah, we really uh, cheesy animation. Couldn't care less what we're talking about right now. Well, look, if you make a film every once in a while, 
no, excuse me, very rarely does something like that come out. Like Clue. I remember that movie. Right. And that was actually fun. That was a cool movie. That's a cool, fun movie. And I you're remember, like, how are you going to make I remember going to different theaters and to seeing see the different endings more and, than once yeah. and getting the different and, endings. And I just remember thinking, well, that's kind of weird that you made this game about who did it, which doesn't seem like it could possibly carry 35 minutes, let alone right. an hour and 50, you know. And Monopoly's a different people thing. Because Clue had characters and right. a situation and an obvious mystery. <laughs> right. Monopoly's got like what? You, you do not pass go. Monopoly's go to got J. like, like make on. a movie about Donald Trump's life or something, right. and that's right. Monopoly. I right. don't know. I don't anyway. know. That's a weird one. Who knows? That'll that'll be that is all right. That's uh, that's all the news that I've got for right now. So yeah, uh, Terminator. Yeah, everyone is on the edge of their seat to uh, find out what we thought about Terminator. Yeah, uh, and you've already slipped. You've already given your hand. You've tipped. You said he was really great. A lot yeah. of fun stuff. You loved it. I yeah, saw you. It's my, I'm going to see it again and again. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I have like a range of this one, and I say this a lot, but I feel like I'm pretty much at two and a half. Yeah. And uh but I kind of have this range where and I think it might even be like a whole star uh in both directions. You know, there's there's yeah. part of me that wants wants <laughs> to go give it a break and give it right. another star. Right. And there's part of me that goes, "No, swing the it, hammer it needs and just to be crack the it. other way." I yeah. mean, so there are parts that I like, there are parts that I I really really hate, and then really the big thing for me is overall it's just pretty stupid. Yeah. I mean, and I I can't get away from that. So yeah. so I'm two and a half. I, I'm not much bigger than you. I'm at three and a half. And I wanted so badly when I was thinking about it, even after we just saw it. And, you know, we saw this, get this out of the way. We start Friday night. We saw it in 3D. And um, when I walked out of the theater, I didn't have the immediate sense of disgust or like anger at it. My my first genuine reaction was that with a big gradient here, because when I say that was a fun time, I don't mean like that was like the best day of my summer. I actually had kind of a fun time, but I knew that the but movie wasn't good sad. at all. But the movie wasn't good at all. Right, right. It was kind of fun to see um, what had started out because I feel like in thirds, I feel like the first third of the film is actually very entertaining. I do too. The first, then, I don't even. I'm not sure if it's the whole third. No, but you know, it, but there's the a, first there's a for, segment. The first yeah. for like a while when right. the movie starts. Yeah. I was really okay with. I it. was too, and I was and, excited about and, it. And somewhere around probably like fifteen to twenty minutes. Yeah. I was actually in this place where I was just kind of letting myself go to it, and right. I was like, "Oh my God, what if this is actually this could good? Be really fun, right? Exactly, because yeah. it lays up a lot it of jumps stuff off the cliff. It does. It, it lays down hurry. a lot of fun groundwork, and it does what I think. And is, Schwarzenegger during that part is really is really good. good. I think he is. Yeah. Um, and then the second third or the second portion, <clears throat> excuse me, is it's okay, you know. And then it and it, then it's it's for okay. Me, but it's already kind of being it's too late weird it's right? already it's by al- the time already it, right, going so by late. the time it gets after the midpoint of it being okay i i realized i'm like you guys had something really interesting in the beginning you had a good groundwork for taking what makes this whole series work um and kind of flipping it and then making something interesting and new out of it all right and then you didn't even know which way that was heading anymore. No. And, and then you played it. You played it safe. You went with cliches. You did a lot of fan service. 
Yeah. And you lost what was really and, working. And then the last and, third, and I you, think, is terribly disappointing. Yeah. And then you you did a bunch of uh, dumb kind of trick, goofy things. Really? And then went on with uh, them forever. Yeah, you didn't you didn't realize maybe that's a mistake. No, nope, we're going to double down on this, that. So this movie for me, like you said, you know, there's the what first, third, there's a second, whatever. This, yeah. this movie for me is like watching the Matrix trilogy. Right. All in one movie. Right, in one sitting. One the, condensed The first sitting. one's really good. Yeah. The second one, you're kind of going, what? what? Okay. Why are you doing that? Right. And then the third one is like you've just lost all right. hope of well, anything. There's there's all kinds of stuff. You know, this, the series is actually – the premise of the series is kind of rough, um, you know, because we all know what's happening. You know, uh, time and time again, unlike other series that go on and on and on, they find new ways to change the story around, not because they retcon things. Or they just rewrite their own history. But in this one, we know that you're going to send a guy back to stop the machine who went back from killing the woman who will give birth to the kid that will prevent you from winning the future. And that's the same thing over and over again. And and I, like you, I'm watching this and I'm like, holy crap, you know, they kind of are taking that idea and flipping it just a little bit. And saying, yeah, but by the time we get back, she already knows and the future is different because the past is different. And I'm like, okay, that's new. Excuse me, that's new. Do that and do that more fun. But and, and make something happen with just it. And do then something. At the end, it's it's like I said, it, it reminds me so much of, I, I mean, this the whole third movie, I guess, the whole theory yeah. of the third movie. But then also as it, you know, the movie kind of devolves it as did. it's playing it really along. Did. Yeah. And the whole thing is like, you know, when you watch the first Matrix, the first Matrix is like uh, somebody takes, you know, brains and bats. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, the idea of philosophy cone right. kind of thing. Like, yeah. you don't know that you're not just a brain and a bat. Right. Takes that and goes, if we made like a fun action movie out of that idea. Yeah. Right. Maybe you're just in the program or, right. you know, whatever and kind of run with that idea. And then by the time you get to the third movie, it's like the Wachowskis, you know, think that they know more than every philosopher who's ever lived. Right. And go, this is how shit really works. Right. And let me explain it to you like you're an idiot. Right. And then and then that's what this movie is doing. By the time you get to the end of this movie, it's like, well, see, it's almost like it's setting down actual rules of time travel like it knows what it's talking about. Right. You know? Yeah. It's it's sad enough that when you make a time travel movie, all of a sudden all of the you know, like the internet response and like yeah. fan fiction starts going, That's not how time travel works. Right. I love now that. this movie's doing it, going yeah. Look, this is what can happen. You think that this is like a plot hole. Right. But no, what it is is we just understand how time travel – there's no freaking time travel, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have the answer that yeah. you're giving to me. Right. And it's so it's so weird that the movie will just progress so quickly yeah. down this weird rabbit hole of – uh, whatever you don't like, it's because there's another future that somebody sent right. somebody else back into. Yeah. Like, you know, as the movie goes on, um, all of a sudden, all of the Terminators know everything that they're going to do, even though they're going back in time. You know, every time they go back in time, somehow there's a Terminator somewhere that can go back in time before they went back in time. Right. And then it's just like, you know, at some point in this movie's progression, you know, there's like 10 of everybody standing in a circle right. looking at each other going, right. <laughs> but I'm from you <laughs> yeah. know, the year 3000, right. whatever, when I, you know, I mean, it's just. Yeah. There's, a, there's an inherent slipperiness to time travel films anyway. That's why when they're done well, 
whether that's your favorite, not not your favorite, but a person's favorite, like Back to the Future. Right. If you really like that because it was thoughtful and considerate, and tried to really like adhere to its own dangerous rules, or if it's something like you know, Time Cop. I love Time Cop. I think that's an underrated, easy, yeah. disposable time film. Or if it's something awesome, contemporarily, even though it's years old now, Looper. Looper was really smart because right. it played by its straight rules. Like you're saying, this thing just doesn't it, – it just thinks you're an idiot or you don't care or you're so brain dead from watching Michael Bay films all the time that you're going to think this is genius right. when it's just glossed over bullshit. And it's weird that you mentioned Michael Bay because at one point I felt like I was watching a Michael, a Michael Bay, Bay Terminator film. film. There's, there's a part in the movie – it's another thing that's also weird about the movie is that it it starts off laying this you know foundation for trying to kind of be smart and be it pretends that it's going to be a movie about like all this stuff we want to talk about and right. yet some action's going to happen right right in a way kind of like the first one except that in the first one there's a lot more action, action. Uh, per amount of film you watch or whatever. Right. But a lot of the first one is, you know, uh, I'm from the future. Doesn't that blow your mind? Right. Oh, okay. And in this one, it pretends like it's going to do that. And then it gets to a certain point at the end where it's just like destruction porn. Right. I mean, it's just like, you're just watching stuff be destroyed for no reason anymore. Except that somebody went, let's have a helicopter. Sure. Chase scene. Yeah, right. And it's it's really weird when you're watching this movie where more or less it's trying to be realistic about stuff that it happens, is. right? Yep. And, you know, if you're watching like Speed Racer yeah. and everyone goes, this is not realistic, play along, then right. you go, all right, I'll play along. Sure. And this is how cars work now. And, you know, yeah. whatever it is that's happening, you go, well, fine, that's the world we're in. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it starts out where everything's being pretty realistic. Stuff blows up pretty realistically. I yeah. mean, we're playing by legitimate rules, more, right. more or less, and right. trying to deal with how strong the Terminators are in some kind of realistic way. Right. And then all of a sudden, somebody jumps in a helicopter, and like all bets are off. Right. Like the helicopter- now it's the Matrix. Now you can fly upside down <laughs> right. like your blue thunder. Now the, like, heli- now the helicopters can be like falling out of the sky and at the last minute like pull out. Right. They right. can fly like on their side right. for really extended periods yeah, of time. Yeah, I love that. was funny. All this like – and you're like, well, what am I watching now? When right. something like that happens when you're watching a movie, it's really jarring. It is. It I pulls mean, it's you right really out of what like, you're doing. It takes you right out of it because all of a sudden it's not paying any attention to – you know, the rules of physics at it's all. It's not just paying, yeah. And and you don't know why. Well, it's, it's not just paying attention where you to its own rules. You're right. right. It's just, hey, rules that, like today, like life. No, oh, it's just all of a sudden, yeah. just all of a sudden, it, it, you know, somebody wanted to do this. Yeah. You know, it was like somebody uh, at Make-A-Wish wanted right. to draw out the helicopter chase right. and they said, okay. You got it. It's just yeah. so random that all of a sudden, and then once that happens, it it doesn't end with the helicopter chase either. Right. Then it's no, just, that's just the start. And everything starts blowing yeah. up everywhere. Yeah. And there's a, like enough explosions in the movie already yeah. that, you know, if we were really doing it, the whole place they're trying to blow up would be gone, gone anyway. before they yeah. need to right. do anything. And there's a weird story here that during the portion of the film that I was really interested in uh, that I think is worth telling. You know, there's this whole notion of, the the exponential growth of social media, our devices, 
our interconnectedness being a negative, you know, being this, right. you this know, whole it was, scientific it was thing. So it's weird like, the way they did that in the movie because you thought that was what the whole movie was going to be I about. Did. And I was psyched. I'm like, this is a cautionary <laughs> right. tale for something that's that should be alarming to people, but that we are wholeheartedly giving everything away. We, uh, we give everything to our devices or to our social networks. I see people posting phone numbers and addresses and almost their social security number on Facebook. And I'm like, why are you doing this? You've got pictures and and everything. It's so so funny when the movie does that because he he starts telling the story like he's talking to you, telling you what it wants to say about how everyone is always looking at a device. Yeah. Everyone's looking at a screen of some kind. Yeah. All of their life now. Right. Like every second of the day. And it pans around and it shows you this hospital and right. you see all these people. Yeah. And man, you think that must be where the movie is going. going. Right. That's what everything's going to well, be about. And then it just drops it. No, it did. And it sucked that it dropped it because there's there's an irony there that, you know, in the Terminator films, we're kind of, you know, we're certainly afraid for Sarah Connor, but we're obviously invested in her survival because it's our survival, et cetera. Right. We're, we're afraid that the future, smarter than us, has produced a machine that can, you know, eradicate us, et cetera, et cetera. And the irony there is we're facilitating that change by basically, we're all just kind of like cyborgs now. We have this, it isn't wearable tech yet, but we're, I mean, we're going to see, right. you and I are going to be alive to see a lot of really cool things right. from the start of like, Coleco and Atari and, and television right. to like, we're going to have chips in our eyes. But there's a fear there that we're becoming the monster that, you know, all these easy tropes that you don't have to, you know, juggle. It's, it's an actually kind of interesting story. And damn it, they set it up. Right. And I was hooked. I was like, man, I resettled in my chair and I'm like, I didn't expect this. And I thought to myself, when we do the show, I get to say, you know, in regard to the trailer, like, did we get the film the trailer promised? And I'd be like, no, we got way better. The trailer made it look like some <laughs> right, stupid right. action film. Right. Well, since we're on it right now, well, actually, we so do much. get the you do get the film the trailer promises. And unfortunately, one of my problems with the film is that the trailer gives you away gives away way too much. The trailer gives away a lot. It gives away yeah. what what is supposed to be like they they're calling it a big twist. I don't think it's a big twist, but it's the emotional twist of the film. And it, you know, it's just this thing. And, and I can't, I'm not spoiling it because it's in the trailer. Right. You know, it's when John Connor is like the bad guy and right. he's like the super Terminator now. He's like the T1 million. And, and there's this weird prevalence of these films that, you know, it goes back to maybe the Lawnmower Man, but they yeah, I know it goes way back further than that. But like the Johnny Depp films, the Transcendence, all these films where this is supposed to be our big fear, this, this, Omnipresent, you know, omnipotent kind of present Sandman kind of nanotech thing. Right. I I was so pissed when I saw that. I'm like, no, don't make that film do that. Right. Like, I understand you want to make this film separate from all the other Terminator films, and maybe making John Connor the bad guy, even if he is not really the bad guy, but maybe he's infected. And I'm doing the air quote thing with my fingers. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe he's infected by the nanovirus. And it's a perfect Terminator, you know, kind of thing. All right. But, you know, that's still kind of cliche and shitty, too. They went all in on it. Right. Like, it just it de- it just it devolved from this thing that I thought was really exciting and interesting it, to something that was so patently stupid. Yeah. As soon as soon as we finally get him just full on bad, bad, guy, bad guy mode, right. there are like a few minutes where he's not super bad guy right. yet. Right. Where we're supposed to believe, where you're like, like oh, wait, John's what? here, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. 
But once he's full on on bad guy mode, you know, then all of a sudden this is just like a B horror movie, you know, pile like, of nonsense. Yep. Just random things happen just because you know it looks cool or something, right. and we think it's I don't know. It it goes so weird, and and like you said, this whole thing with the computers, I thought it was going to be uh, such a cool thing because in the first movie. We don't have all this information from the future, right? right? Right. When the first movie happens, right, it's just like, you know, the computer, right? Uh, the, yeah. the bad thing from the future or whatever. Right. And we're thinking, you know, somebody is making some innocuous computer program that right. accidentally comes to life. Right. And then suddenly is like evil and takes over the world or whatever and kills all the people. And this movie is making it way more like, you know, we're kind of doing it to ourselves. Yeah. You know, we're we're making that computer right. and, you know, we're signing up. Right. To, Happily. To be its... Sure. Because I want the new iOS system. Right. You know, and I have to do it. And you that know? could spin the whole thing yeah. into a much cooler area. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I thought it was a little weird, too, when... When the movie gets to the point, so this one, um, we said you get the movie of the trailer, but yeah, this one really kind of, uh, in a weird way, like jumps back and kind of negates the first one. Yeah, it rewrites a bit. Yeah, and and I'm not sure that even then that makes any sense. Right. Except that it's so early in the movie that you're okay with playing along things right yeah like even when that first part happens and and there's arnold schwarzenegger the one who's been there for a long time right who got sent back yep when they never tell us who sent it back no. and how that happened and yeah whatever but then we go back to the when the first movie started and there's young arnold schwarzenegger terminator and now old arnold schwarzenegger terminator is there to kick his ass right and stop him so that we don't have to. We don't. The first movie doesn't exist anymore. Right. The first. Right. The first. Done. The first movie that the history's been rewritten. Yeah. We went back further so that we could undo the existence of that movie. Yeah. And already you're kind of going. Wait a minute. Right. <laughs> right. You know. By the time we get to the point where it's they first send back the Terminator. And then we send back him farther. Right. Like that's already happened. And it's like there's already 18 steps that you can't right. figure out. But right. it's the very beginning of the movie and you don't care and you're just kind of playing along and going, right. well, whatever. I'll take it. And yeah. it's kind of cool that Arnold Schwarzenegger's fighting himself. Right. So you're like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And uh, but now we've gone back to Sarah Connor when she's even younger. But that's because we're sending the guy back because right. someone has actually sent Pops back even earlier than that. Right. And and none of it makes any sense. No. If you drew a big flow chart, none of it could ever yeah. happen or whatever. Yeah. It it doesn't make any sense except that the movie just understands how time travel works better than you do. Right. <laughs> and, right. Uh, and that's how that works. But so so now she's had the Terminator with her since she was nine. Yep. And 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 Pops had to get sent back to save her from the other Terminator that got sent back to when she was nine. Right. And right. at some point, there's right. someone's been sent back to her life like every five minutes. It's a world of Arnold. <laughs> They're all bumping into each other. Right. Yeah. 
And uh, anyway, so now it's it's a younger Sarah, mm-hmm. and she is. I just was looking this up because I keep forgetting her name. She is played Amelia by Clark. Amelia Clark, who yeah. is uh, uh, Daenerys. Daenerys uh, from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, it's really weird because if you don't know that, even it slips your mind for a second, you'll never recognize her. Right. She doesn't look at no. all like she looks in Game of Thrones. So. So it's very different. It was kind of it was weird because I was trying to see it, and, yeah, and I almost making didn't myself see yeah. it really because she just doesn't look the same at all. But so now she's much younger, right? And uh, we, you know, we have to we we send somebody else back and somebody else back and somebody else back, and then yeah. and then we send them forward again, right? Because uh, what we have to do is uh, change it to 2017, right? Because we can't have we can't have D-Day happen right. at the same time before because, yeah. that's already happened or like right. 90, 97, 90, whatever. Yeah. Because it, so we have to change the movie, which I'm yeah. not actually sure we have to do that. No, but uh, okay. whoever, whoever, your ride, whoever it is, you decided know, sure. that we have to change everything enough now that D-Day is later because right. we've sent people back enough that we've screwed up stuff enough that yeah. it doesn't happen on the same day. And now it's going to be in the future. So then we have to send them forward again. Right. And then, uh, so the old Terminator, uh, we call Pops. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's the stupidest name. That they I call Pops. That. Yeah. Well, yeah, but she was nine. What was I get it. Pops? No, I get it. I get it. But uh, you know, anyway, it's you'd think she'd come up with something co- cooler. It just forces, it's, it's, a, it's a weird, I'm the smartest guy in the room kind of moment where you're like, I'm going to call him Pops because there's obviously a parental figure here and there's a weird pseudo-sexuality going between Reese and Sarah and he's always standing over her and, you know, I get it, but that's too stupid because right. you've made it too obvious. Pops. Right. The moment she called him Pops, I was like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> right. Don, don't do that anymore. Might as well just Because uh, he's listed. It's just actually made his name. I'm her dad. Right. <laughs> And, and in the trailer, not the, uh, in the credits, it doesn't matter that he's not listed as Pops. It's just listed as Guardian. And I realize she can't be like, that's right. Guardian. Right. And, you know, I get it. But that's the stupidest thing. It's a, it's a little weird. Anyway. And, uh, <laughs> but he has some cool parts uh, yeah. doing that. He does. It's staring him down. He does. You know, when he's looking at him. And it, it's, it is a weird thing because Arnold Schwarzenegger does have a really good blank look. Yeah. Where he's right. Just and like, we're used to it. Where he's just blankly... Yeah looks mean right but he's not really doing anything no. he's a robot his resting it's, face right he's it's perfect he's got he's, re- just he's got, got mean. resting kill you face right <laughs> right and and some of that's pretty good but anyway then they go back and forth and then john connor is uh the bad guy and then he sends himself yeah. back and you know at some point it's like there really is no point in the future where you could possibly be sending all these people right. back from right i mean it's like because at best, you sent somebody back into a different parallel universe or something. Right. I mean, right. like he doesn't actually right. show up next to the person you want him to because that time didn't happen. If they had done that. It's happened a million times before. Right. And if, if they had right. done that, it, it would have actually been very awesome and not very complicated to do where he takes out the 1984 version of himself. And then, you know, everyone, all there needs to be is a scene where everyone's like, all right, let's go. And he's just like, you know, wait. And then there's another one that appears, <laughs> right. and he just takes that one out too because he's got the advantage. He's got the tactical advantage of having the drop on them, and they don't know that that there's another that pops is there. 
But then all of a sudden, you know, what he knows is he has to wait until a certain amount of time passes and there's no more Terminators. And then he knows that the timeline is fixed. Now that the future is unwritten, truly, right. like that's a very easy and kind of cognitive, smart decision. Because then you, then, you've got, then you have an audience who's like, well, when's the next one going back? I would send this one back five seconds earlier. Or why don't we just go murder Sarah Connor's grandparents? Right. You know, at some point, what, you got Arnold in the Wild West, you know. <laughs> right, you gotta, exactly. You know, so, so you have to address that by just simply saying quickly, like, there's a point in the future where the future no longer exists. And even though the future may be happening, whether you want a parallel time frame, we're not going to get into too much of that. But it's very easy to do. Just now he's like, okay, now we're on our own. Right. And you know what? I mean, Edge of Edge of Tomorrow did it. One of the best moments in Edge of Tomorrow is when Tom Cruise knows every single day of every single moment of everyone's lives, and he is God because he knows how to sidestep every single thing to get to a point. But when he meets the general, and the general gives him what he needs, and he looks, and and you know his character is like, I don't know what to do now. Right. Like I, this is new. I, nothing's ever happened before. Right. That's the most <clears throat> exciting moment of the film because you're like, holy shit! Now you're living on your own perfectly fine and they try to replicate that here kind of right and in a weird way by freeing themselves up but they've tied themselves too much with all this weird fan service and like what you said before you know all these little things that they put in like she had pops when she was nine and and that's just a throwback to eddie furlong's character you know of john getting his own terminator when he's like a teen right the only age you don't want a snot-nosed kid to have his own killing machine right (laughs) but they keep trying to instead of branching out and do new things, they're just too tethered to the old. Right. And and it just it just is and, so and clumsy. Yet, and yet they don't do the good things that they might like. When we're talking about the beginning of the movie, where there's pops and then the new turn the, yeah, the regular old, Terminator right. that starts the first movie shows up so that he can intervene. Right. And we don't need to get rid of that Terminator in the way that we do in the whole movie right. because there's pops to take him out. Yeah. So basically the first movie doesn't exist anymore. Right. That whole history doesn't exist. But in the movie, what should happen is there should suddenly be some consequences for the fact that Absolutely. he just changed Everything. all of this time yep. going forward that we, you know, what happened in the second movie only happened because the first movie right. happened. Right. What happened with sending him back yeah. to be able to destroy the Terminator that shows up when she's nine right. or be around to destroy this Terminator. None of that, all of that didn't yeah. happen. And everyone just went, okay. yeah, but whatever. Right. It's just, and it could have been, there, there's something, something really just even in the movie's own world of what happens right. when you do stuff. Yep. There should, there should have been like massive consequences yeah. for the fact that he just took out that Terminator. Right. And then that's kind of, that would make it bat- better. And yet, it's kind of the movie's whole problem right. is that every every next thing that happens, it just keeps throwing another Terminator at it. Right. It just keeps going, you know, what I want to happen here is let's have something else bad happen. Okay, right. somewhere in the future, somebody right. sent another Terminator back and look, there's a Terminator. So we have to fight that now. Right. Without going, wait, how could that have happened? Right. Well, who's doing that? Right. And, yep. and then they, you know, they go, they just throw this, uh, it's a secret thing on Pops, yeah. you know, like Pops doesn't even know who's saying he's been programmed to not know so that, right. so that no one could find out and, right. and, and sabotage and that. Figure out how to sabotage right. that. Yeah. No, the whole and we'll thing. find out in the next film. 
And it's like, dude, but this is, you know, this is like third Matrix movie. Yeah. You know, this is like, I just understand. If you don't understand it, it's just because you don't, you're you not smart enough to get it. Right. It's like, I right. just, you know, these are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah. I just know everything better than you. Right. And, and it's just, you know, it just gets silly. And at the end of the movie, everything just gets silly. Right. It's like one bigger silliness piled on top of the other. Yeah. Sometimes it's because we want the helicopter chase. Sometimes it's yeah. because we've already written this great line for somebody to say. Now we have right. to build the bullshit that happens before it so that they yeah. can deliver the line. Right. I mean, there's like everything going on. Yeah. It's just, it just, it's one of these films. Giant you've mess. said this a bunch lately. It, it truly felt like a film where someone knew four scenes they wanted and they threw it to a writer and was right. like, take your string and draw it to make this whatever. happen. But this goes in. Right. And Arnold has these things. He's got to do this, you know. Right. There there was also this big part. And, you know, oddly, it was some of the best stuff in the movie. But yeah. there were these parts where it did feel like uh, Schwarzenegger's just going, I want to do this. Right. And I want this to happen. And I want to, you know, I want to do this goofy smiling. I want right. to be like a right. way more human. Right. Uh, version of the robot. I want, you know, somebody to struggle with the fact that I'm their friend. Right. And and, and I'm a person and stuff like that. And a lot of that actually was pretty good. Yeah, it's it was. just that it didn't really fit in it the was. rest of the movie we were watching. And it was, but... it was frustrating. One of you know, I'm having a lot of fun with the film, and then it starts, you know, like we said. But there was a part where it started to bring me back in a little bit, and then it just, it just. It's so weird. I don't watch a film always to be super critical of it, just genuinely, or even for when we're doing this. I just, if you do something so colossally stupid, I, I have to question it. You bring right. me out of the film. There's the moment where uh, they've gone to 19, uh, they've gone to 2014, and they meet up in the bunker. Old Schwarzenegger. Right, right. Old it, Schwarzenegger has yeah, to time travel he, the hard he way, which just means way. he right. doesn't get to go through the machine at all. He has to just age. Right. And that. It's smart because it means this is why Schwarzenegger looks the way he does, and they explain it, and it's totally awesome. Right. It's great. So Sarah Connor is, like, putting her headphones on. She's she's loading up a weapon conveniently so her back gets turned. So we get a moment between Pops and future son-in-law, right? right. Okay. So they're loading these weapons, and the scene exists perfectly to show a competitiveness between different types of soldiers. And yet still, we want to see that Arnold is malfunctioning because right. he's got like the Android carpal tunnel, you know, right. and, and they have that moment where they look at each other and, you know, they have that line that keeps getting brought up where he says, you know, I'm old, not obsolete. Okay. Great, great moment overused, but still fine. But it doesn't make any damn sense because Arnold Schwarzenegger has had 30 years to load all these weapons on his own. We have this scene only so that we can see his hand jitter. They could have done that some other way. They could have done that some other how, but it's only really there to like give me the jittery hand. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, why are you guys loading weapons when he had 50 years to get to this point? Stockpile uh, on and on. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> it was it was like the most unbelievable thing. It's because like, they're loading the clips? Yeah. He had 35 years to load every clip and to show up and be like, we're all ready. But no, uh, you know what we're okay. going to do? I'm going to empty this box. I'm going to empty this box of shells. And you and I are going to have to load clips because okay. I didn't have time. I, I'm going to I'm going to. Call now and predict the emails that we get. You no way. You can't leave clips loaded for 50 years. That's not how those work. You could do it the week before because you know when people are showing you, up. You could you could maybe do it the week it's before. It's stupid. But it's stupid. They, hey, look, be, hey, here's, here's the, the other thing. The gun people are going to write it. No, no, no. That's okay. And, and they're going to tell you. Because we're getting close to time. I, and we haven't even talked about this. No, yet. we got we to gotta jump to the uh, takedown in just a minute. My, my last thing that I didn't know whether you thought was, I think, though, 
I agree with you. I thought Schwarzenegger was actually really good throughout this whole thing, even when he had most of dumb it, stuff. I think he was good. Yeah. I didn't like Clark and Courtney cast as Sarah Connor and Reese at all. I don't think he has any charisma. I didn't, I didn't like him, and uh, and he is he has he, no chemistry. I he's mean. around a lot now. He's yeah, like, he's, he's in all like kinds a of big stuff. face. He, you see him everywhere. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff recently. I didn't love him in this. I didn't believe he's he's a little wooden. Yeah, really. he had and, no chemistry uh, with anybody. I didn't yeah. think. And she, I, I thought felt... she was okay. But you know, the problem for me with her was that she was trying to play like a lot of different characters. Yes, all in one. The vulnerable, character. the hard, like the weird. Like there's a there's a point when Linda Hamilton did it between the two films where she was vulnerable yet right, right. badass. There's one moment where she brings down the Terminator when they're escaping in the truck, and she has this extended shot where she's fired the long weapon, and she has this look on her face. And I went, that's it. That's, the, that's Sarah Connor right, right there. She's lethal, and you've shown it. Right. But everything else, she just seemed to be kind of bitchy. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the thing is... Uh, it was weird. I just to clarify, because you could, you could take that the wrong way. Like she doesn't come across to me as playing, you know, different facets of the same character. Right. I she's, agree. She's not playing. This is the character, and sometimes she's this way, and sometimes right. she's that way, like a normal person. Right. Right. She's she like really feels like she's a different character. Yeah. You know, like she's right. she's not a a, a different yeah. aspect of your character. She's like a different personality. Right. Like, like it was weird. I did, and I thought, and I know, don't know that it's horrible, but she really could have been a lot better. She could have been a lot better. And it's weird to see J.K. Simmons just drop in when he should have either been in the more film or yeah, none of that. Yeah. He was like a real wasted guy. But anyway, you know. Yeah. All right, that's it. Uh, so, so don't go see that. Man, uh, it's you know there's that was disappointing. There's just better stuff to see right yeah. now for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're really a Terminator fan, you'll see it no matter you're, what. You're gonna see it, but right. anybody who's on the fence, uh, just go know, see Inside I, I Out. Would, I would not recommend. You know, you know go see Jurassic World. Even if even, you even see, that, and we didn't like it. Even right. that is better. A better option. I wish we had for your summer well, popcorn. We're right. not going to go over on this, but those two films are terribly similar about old franchises in, be, in being rebooted way, yeah. and doing things that don't acknowledge their own history. Like in a really weird way, they're very similar. But. Right. Okay. So now we're going to do the critic takedown. Critic take. Yeah. Just for fun. All right. Uh, because that's the way we are. The, uh, as I said, the movie is hot pursuit, man. And you know, this just happened to come up because I was looking at hot pursuit the other day and I, uh, just started looking around at the critical consensus of it. And so there you go. This is the Reese Witherspoon, Sophia Varga kind of, this is the film in case people don't know what my name. So that, uh, I think that you loved, I've rated, uh, you loved it. The worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Zero. Right. And you, I think were. uh, I think I was at half pretty close. Maybe right on board with that. Right. And, uh, and the, the critic is Stephanie Zacharek from The Village Voice. That, oh, yeah. She used who, to write for... Who um, gives this an 80. Yeah. And uh, this movie, she used to write for... I don't, I don't know. She used to write for Salon. And I, I used to mispronounce her name. I used to say Zacharak. But oh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she, was a, she was the primary this, writer for this Salon. This is on, uh, on Metacritic. It has a 30. And I got to tell you, it has yeah. that 30 largely based on her 80. That was that was the bell curve because everybody else <laughs> is really really low on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Yeah, for all critics, it's eight percent fresh. Yeah, for top critics, it's three percent fresh. Ooh, it is. Wow, <laughs> it is universally hated. 
And, you know, the, right. the reason that I, I want to do the critic takedown, uh, because people send me, you know, those like, right. as, like, I mentioned, hey, look at this. as I mentioned, people send me those things a lot. Right. And every time they do, it makes me want to go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people, people frequently ask me if critics are bought. Right. And sometimes you have to wonder is what right. I, that's all I'm saying. Right. I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying they're not. You're not saying you saying, are while we look out at your new Lexus. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, so let's so just a, a joke, quick couple of, of uh, I'll get the IRS hints. off your back. That was a, a joke. A quick couple of hints. Yeah. Right. Um, we will have a link uh, when you go to filmreview.com. We will put up the podcast. There will be notes and all that stuff, and you'll be able to, you know, go look at the review See their yourself, review. yeah, or you know, just Google it or whatever. Right. But uh, she, the name of her review is Witherspoon and Vergara lift hot pursuit into hilarity. Oh, hilarity, hilarity, not right. That's funny. Mediocrity, <laughs> but <laughs> hilarity, right? right? And uh, she says in her review, the flagrant silliness of Hot Pursuit is a plus, not a liability. Hot Pursuit is a quiet triumph of tone and timing, and nearly every scene is cut at just the right point, often topped <laughs> with a fantastic kicker of dialogue. And, uh, okay. And, I, and I'm not making that up. Okay. And actually, there's more in her review that, you know, I couldn't write everything down. It got, yeah, right. Uh, it's it, too much. It got kind of old. But one that really stood out for me, which I thought was just Awesome, and there's a really long review where she talks a lot about how great Reese Witherspoon is in general. Right, but she says it's one thing for a character to laugh at herself; it's another for her to present herself as a pathetic, adorable creature in a lowball bid for laughs. You might think Witherspoon's peeking out from beneath a deer's head unduly compromises her dignity, but there's actually something ludic ludicrously refreshing about it. Which I think is true. There is something ludicrously, ludicrously refreshing about the fact that she does that. That doesn't mean it's good, right? That just means it's I'm different. not sold on that idea. No, but no I understand one's done it. it right? I'm not sold. Partly on that. because Fletcher doesn't take the cheap route of zooming in for a ha ha close up, and partly because Witherspoon's performance here has so much go for broke fearlessness. Unlike the cheap that, of zooming in for the ha ha close up that's that, that happened that ha moments that before when she had her granny panties on, right? Like when she's getting dressed Maybe. in that truck stop, you know. I, I don't know. It's but uh, you know the review the review goes on and on. You know what I like to do when things like this happen? It's I actually so I actually wild. I very much like when I see somebody and I don't remember. Uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not able to have the total recall that I wish I did for for things like this, but. When I see somebody who goes against the grain so much, and I and I know Stephanie's, she's been a real hard critic on a lot of films that I enjoyed when she was writing for Salon. I think it's interesting from the first part that you wrote where it was like talking about like this is kind of a flight, you know, like a light, fluffy kind of thing. I like to look back and see at other light, fluffy comedies exactly. and see how right. hard she was then and then see if I'm wrong in my in my memory of it. Maybe she was a bit more forgiving because maybe like me. With horror films, I'm still critical, but I'm a lot more forgiving when than it is like a historical film, right. you know. And you you have the, you're, right, you're the sure. same way about things. But if she's inconsistent, then that says everything I need to know. I won't go so far as to suggest she has been bought, but she's compromised I, I something did, for I someone. No, 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 no. But, but the the questions you know that sometimes oh, wow. come up, you know. And and I find it interesting when I see someone who's like, you know, ripping all over one film, but they love this other tank of a film. Right. And I'm like, well, what's the commonality here? So I, I think that's it. And, and, you know, I got to say the review is really uh, odd 
you know, she really loved it. Critics are supposed to be somehow nice to each other. There's sort of a theory, but yeah, the review is really weird, and I really encourage everyone to go uh, read it. But she goes on for a long time about Sofia Vergara and the fact that she's walking around in heels and her accent and all this stuff. And and there's one part, there's one part that I really thought kind of told an interesting tale of her review where she says, even though Bergera is the chief draw of the hit show Modern Family. I mean, really, that's all the review I need to know. Right. There you go. There is, like, no way in (laughs) anyone's universe. I don't know what show you're watching or what lens you're watching it through. Yeah. But if you think she is the chief draw of that show, you're you're writing a review from a whole other perspective that I don't understand. I mean, not that she's not good in it. We're just not great in it. We're just not starting. Yeah, we're just not starting from the same... Starting point, so well, that's why right. we can't see the same review. So. Uh, uh, I don't know, but that's I would I would say that probably right. there are a lot of movies that are uh, you know flagrantly silly. Right. That she is writing reviews going, this ridiculous piece of garbage is flagrantly yeah. silly. Yeah. <laughs> and and right. oddly enough, it's a negative. Yeah. Not a not a plus. Anyway, we are uh, about out of time. The live show is going to run out right in uh, the midst of our conversation, but we will wrap things up here. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, If you happen to uh, have gone wrong here and uh, (laughs) didn't know that you were listening to com podcast or that we used to be Are You Instant Reaction Review and don't know what's happening or you know people who don't know what's (laughs) happening, right? Right. Uh, Tell them to subscribe in iTunes to us. Right. After this posts, everything should be switched to where it says filmreview.com. This is so like Terminator be, Genesis. We're going back in is. time We're, to affect the future of that's time. Right. By the time you hear to, me say this, it will have already happened. It's already done. <laughs> it's already done. It will be fantastic. Uh, we will uh, – oh, my awesome. God. What's next week? I don't even know what next week is. Uh, there's – Oh, be, wow. There's something big next week. Yeah, right? there is something big uh, next week. I, I was going to say next week we'll find we it. will be doing, and then that was as far as that got. Um, minions. Oh, I guess it is going to be Minions. There's no other big thing. I mean, there, there's a couple minions. things. You know, look, Selfless is coming out, and Selfless will play where we, will, we are. We will and probably, probably it will do, be – I could imagine doing both in a weird way. You, you probably definitely will. Boulevard, which is that last Robin Williams one. And I don't know how wide that's going to play. Yeah, um, that's probably not going to. Be but I think big, selfless, especially to start, right? Right. I think selfless is is the thing, and then the week after is the weird one where Ant Man, Trainwreck, and the Ian McKellen film, Mister Holmes, uh, all open. Right. Uh, and I we, think obviously we, will, we know what we're we will doing probably there, end up doing like selfless and minions yeah. because I can't imagine selfless won't open. Although right. I'll tell you, uh, it's getting really crowded at the box office Isn't right it? now. There's like a lot of stuff, you know, Jurassic world is still, still viable and pushing, uh, obviously holding on. And you've got Ted too. And Even Mad Max. Max is still doing some stuff. Right. So, there are, know. there are a lot of places that Mad Max is yeah. uh, still playing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's good, holding its, its own crazy. So anyway, we will uh, see you next week. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, be sure to subscribe. We we will still be in uh, Stitcher, and uh, I know like right. uh, there's like a news desk app yep. and stuff that everything should automatically update yep. and everything. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, please share, subscribe, uh, force your friends to listen and all that good <laughs> stuff, and we'll see you next week. Bye.
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. 